Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. He's on a Ramona! Yeah, I agree. Jakes is gone. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stedka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm joined today by Scott. He is at DSM Spurs. Scott, what's going on, my friend? Not much. Just uh, enjoying my Sunday. Um, coffee. Can't complain, right? Can't complain. In, the, in, in fact, we will complain a little today, but can't, can't complain about uh, the coffee. Yeah, we will. We've also got Todd on board at TC underscore Kasho, the Todd father himself. Todd, how are you, my friend? Gentlemen, any day that uh, you get to talk about Tottenham Hotspur advancing in the FA Cup is a good fucking day. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to all of that later. But in the score sheet, six months from now, when we look back at our FA Cup run, we're going to uh, see 3-1 in the, in, the, uh, in the column next to this match. And that's probably where our memories of it are going to stop. That's that's probably the case. Uh, as you say, 3-1 over Morecambe. Uh, Spurs win it. They uh, they peel the shrimp. They they boil <laughs> the shrimp. Uh, they make shrimp gumbo. Go, get all your puns out now. They they do all of the all of the shrimp things. Uh, they defeat the shrimp 3-1 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It what was I guess we can just call a lackluster performance. There was not much of it. In the first half, uh, Spurs went into into halftime down one nil, um, and came back with those three goals. Really, in the final fifteen minutes or so, I mean, this was, was yeah, it was, it was a professional pe- victory. It was it a professional was, victory. It was Monday after uh, Christmas break, going back to work. You know, when you're coming back from lunch, you feel like you're down one nil, but all you got to do is make it to the final whistle, and, and and you know, if you keep plotting, your quality will win out. And eventually you'll make it through the day. And I feel like that's really what happened. Like we made the necessary subs when we needed to make them in order to get the result we needed to get. It, it wasn't, it was more taxing on the fans, I think, than it was on the side. I yeah. completely agree with that statement. That's a really, really well put statement and a, and a good way to put it. Because if you read, you know, the bird app, <laughs> we'll just call it the bird app. If you get on the bird app today, uh, the sky is falling and everything is is over and this club is in the dumpster and actually they're moving on to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Like that's the that's the the actuality of it. Now, Scott, bring us back down to earth a little bit. What what did what did this result say to you? What did it mean to you? I said three things. Top spot on about the fans. Um, when I look at the manager, he got this spot on. I mean, he rotated you know, fairly heavily against not a very strong side in Morecambe, right? No, no, no disrespect to them. Um, he set himself up to be able to use his first team players late in the match to get the win when required. Keep in mind, from a coaching or tactics perspective, right? That's that's really a zero-zero scoreline. Their goal comes from some of the worst defending I've ever seen on that fucking set piece, that was just shambolic. And I don't mean to pick on anybody. I know we'll get into it, right? We all know who it was. But um, so Conte, Conte did a good job today, I think. He set himself up for, for the win, and, and, you know, we got it. Um, my gripe is with, again, individual performances. And, and I understand that, like, to your point in the chat, when you rotate a side, there's going to be dis, disjunction, right? Like, I don't remember who it was that, that tweeted – um, you know, about uh, um, Gio Lo Celso potentially being, you know, a, a, a better fit with, with stronger guys around him. But like, and, and that's all well and good and not incorrect by any means, but some of these guys, it's not, it's not their, 
their their technique, their talent, anything I'm even seeing necessarily on the ball. It's just the lack of confidence and effort. And you can say, sure, guys need minutes to get their confidence, but I just continuously see these guys who want to be part of the first squad just come out and fucking mosey around against a Morecambe team. Like, right. I think that's such a great word. They fucking moseyed for yeah, the entire first yeah. half. I was, it was it was sick. It made us sick to our stomach watching that because it's like, Dude. how do you wear the badge and then play like that? Like, I understand you're tired, but like, this is your shot. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, like, here's the thing. I Again, I'm not a professional footballer, nor have I ever been or will be. In my men's beer league, I play up top as a striker. A bunch of guys I didn't know, right? I would sub for them. They allowed me to join their team. They asked me to play striker. Because of that, I feel a, a serious responsibility to work my ass off, to run hard, to press, to do what's required of me. And this is a fucking men's beer league. And, and you got guys on our squad who want to be part of the first squad who are given a chance to play today. And I'm speculating, but it just seems like they think these opportunities are like beneath them, right? Like I look at their opportunities in the conference league. I look at a, a game against Morecambe today. Like all Conte wants to see is that you'll go out there and fucking die for the team. Like literally suffer as he likes to say, right. And fucking just beat yourself up for this squad. And there's just guys who have no interest in doing that. And that's fine. But fucking go away. Like, I just go do that somewhere else, right? Um, it, it's okay. Like, I, you don't have to want to be the hardest working person in the world. But if you want to be a top four Champions League professional footballer, you damn sure do, right? Um, and that's just what I'm getting tired of seeing from from a, from a, a pretty significant portion of this squad, man. To to the point you made earlier about Lacelso, that was that was made by Shelby at at underscore Shelby ninety seven on Twitter. Um, I think a lot of people follow her. She's a she's a pretty popular um, Spurs fan account. Um, Good shot. And and to to your point, there are specific players I think that that we saw today. That I mean, let's let's not beat around the bush. We're talking about Tongi and Dombele mo- f- f- front and foremost here. Thousand percent. Um, but but there were other players even on the pitch aside from Dombele who got a chance today. Who simply were not up to up to the task, and let's let's start at the back and move forward because that will get us to Indombale. But I did not expect entirely to see uh, Galini in goal today. I, I, I think he was off of it. Um, I also thought that that Tanganga and Rodon just were were not really there for it. Um, Tanganga is an interesting one because he's now he's now gotten. I think he's gotten more chances than some of these other cats, and just has not looked onto it. And I think there's something to be said for players who are forced to come in in sporadic moments and perform who don't get consistent game time. And I, I think, I think all of those caveats can be placed, but Tanganga now has had a couple of, and especially in this last week, we look to Wednesday against Chelsea and we look to today and we look to even some of his moments from earlier in the season, the, the red card against palace, even the second game he played against palace, I don't think was that great. Um, and it's easy to say this player needs to get a loan. This player needs to go play in the championship. This player needs to be sold, be, be, be shipped out somewhere. As I always say, it takes two to tango and it takes a team want identifying a player like Tanganga and wanting to bring him in. I think that Tanganga is a player that that's probably his level somewhere in the championship or maybe in a lower level of the premier league, not in a team like Spurs that has top, four top six ambitions. Um, it's just, it's going to take something, some, some amount of time for something like that material to materialize. I think with Joe Rodon, he's been even more sporadic in the lineup. And I think it's a similar case in terms of his level and his talent, but we haven't seen, you know, we haven't maybe haven't seen enough of consistency even out of him to, to, to say something like that. Todd, what's your thoughts on, on those two guys specifically? <sighs> So I, I think with with Jeff, it's interesting, right? Because like you talk about him getting chances, but they haven't been consistent chances in the same place, right? We've he's been our Swiss Army knife, and yes. Jeff, go play over here. Jeff, run over here and do this. Like, Jeff, okay, boss. Like, has been his approach, and, and, and I think that that's something that um, I don't know. You kind of have to give him his his, his credit there. Uh, but at the sure. same point in time, but at the same point in time, 
being being a fourth or a fifth center back in, in, in a back three is not really what we're looking for. And so I, I I think that there's other opportunities available. I actually thought Rodon played pretty well. And as far as in, 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 in just because he's one of those guys that like, I feel like you have to give him the actual point that you were making about like sporadic playing time. Like you kind of have to give him the like, Oh, that was a misstep. Cause you haven't, you don't have the fluidity of playing with this team right now. Right. As far as Golini is concerned, Andrew, I don't, what the fuck? Are, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, it's a well. You, you and I were on this early, even when he was signed. We were both extremely skeptical. We were both um, just his just led not, feet. We his were just not, we were not here for it. And look, I I don't think he had a a demonstrably terrible match today. But the commu- the lack of communication between him and the back line, the lack of command that he has, um, is not good. One other point I wanted to make on on Tanganga though before I, I go to Scott. I think there is, and I'm not as close to this. Look, I am not, I'm not from England, let alone London. So there's, I don't have a closeness with a, with a, with a guy who, who grew up around the club, who, you know, has those close ties. Um, you know, the same goes for a player like Winks. Um, I don't have those kinds of, of, of close ties. And I can understand why there may be some favoritism there with a guy like Jaffa Tanganga and people want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I just look, I, I don't, I'm not saying he can't have good performances. I just don't see a long-term viability for a guy like that as, you know, a stalwart in this squad. That's, that's the only thing. And, and I'm not saying that, that favoritism and, and hometown boy stuff can't come into people's minds with, with, with a guy like him. Um, but I don't, I just don't see it for the long term. but go ahead. Well, he just lacks consistency. In in we lacked consistency in where we've played him. He's played more. Right. Uh, he's 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 played more at right back for us this year than he's played at, at center back. And uh, so I, I mean, when you're looking at that, you're going, okay, well, that's that's really difficult for us to to get consistent uh, performances out of you. Um, so I, I don't know. It, we're, it's kind of a mixed bag here because I mean, to Scott's point, as we talk about any players that, that aren't necessarily performing up to what we think they want to, it, that they've had four managers in the last three seasons, and you know, like that's something that for a guy like Jeff, who's only twenty two years old, like it's hard to overlook when you're of thinking course. about uh, about where he's at and what he's bringing to the table. What I can say is, um, I remember him marauding up the right hand side against Liverpool. Yeah, I remember him saving our ass with you know with balls off the line on numerous occasions in his first season when he was playing under Jose. So I, I still think that there are opportunities for Jeff. Um, but I, I he's one of those players that if we loaned him out, I wouldn't be upset about that. Right. No, I I, I hear you. But again, it, it always goes back to who's going to take on that type of player in that type of situation. Scott, jump in here on these three guys, Galini, but more even more specifically Tanganga and Rodon, and and the you know how sporadically they've played and, and just what, what to make of them and their kind of future going forward. It's weird to do this after a cup match where it's like, these are their big chances. And if they don't impress, we're all of a sudden like, Oh, I don't know about these guys, but that's, that's what we do. Right. Well, here's the thing. Galini, if we ever make a club mixtape, get him <laughs> on that fucking thing. Immediately. If, if we ever want to win football matches, he doesn't need to be involved. Um, love him to death. Like I said, get him all over that tape, not all over the pitch. Um, we will want Hugo to continue playing. I'm surprised Bellini played today. I'm also very nervous that we're going to play him and forget that we just went over his like max minutes to where we have to buy him. Like we'll just forget because that's what we do at Tottenham. But we're, we're close there. I hope. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. So no more Bellini, please. Um, you know, I, and on a serious note, I hope he gets a move somewhere where he can just play football because ultimately, like, we worry so much about winning and top four. Just, like, to be a professional footballer and just get paid to play football, man, that's fucking amazing. So just hopefully he gets a move where he can just go play football. But um, then I look at these two center backs. Neither of them are in a great place. People are going to argue that Rodon might be in a better place because Tanganga is like making consistent mistakes, but I totally disagree. Like Tanganga is still getting more opportunities, significantly more opportunities. And yes, he's like fumbling a little bit. He's young. Um, He is all over the place as far as where he's actually being deployed. As you guys said, 
it hasn't been necessarily easy for him. And all he needs is a loan to just settle his nerves. Cause right now his confidence is just not good. And we, we see that translate into poor performance, right? Rodon's just fucked in my opinion. Like it's clear the manager doesn't trust him. He didn't play very well today. We're not going to play a team like Morecambe again this season. Like, you know, we got whatever. We'll talk about who we got on the next round. I don't want, don't want to jump the gun there, but um, you know, his opportunities have been Murrah and Morecambe, and we're not playing either Ooh. either of those ever again, right? Which, by the way, if those two faced off, it would be a pretty good match, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so again for Rodon, like he, I don't think he gets another opportunity to play this season. We just won't have a weakened opponent to a point where where he'll play. Yeah. Rodon played today out of necessity, not out of trust, and I think Tanganga has gotten opportunities out of some sort of trust from the manager. So I think that's a great um, shot. Yeah, thank you. But I think, yeah, I think Rodon's done, and I think Tanganga needs a loan. Um, I think the other two that we'll have to talk about are Tongi and Winks, right? So maybe we can just jump into it. Yeah, I let's think. get into those two because those uh, two are, 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 you know, kind of the other, I think, big talking points from this match. I mean, yeah. we can, we, you know, there's there's a conversation we had about Delhi's match and Brian Heal, but, and even Javon Lissosa, who I thought, for all intents and purposes, he was the man of the played, match. I think I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't even hear me bring him up, right? Like, right. I still think there's some hope for that guy, but I'll start by saying this. Let's start with the good though. Let's start with wings. I do. I, I, you, you read my mind. I want to start with wings before I do it. I do want to preface by saying eventually I'm going to get to why I never want Tongi to play for Tottenham again, but I do, <laughs> I do want to start with Harry wings. Harry wings is a fucking badass, and he is a prime example of what it means to fall out of favor. Like, we don't even know what happened outside of football. Maybe nothing, maybe something. Like, these are people is my point, right? Like, And so whatever happened, he fell out of favor, um, wasn't getting minutes. You know, I hope, I hope it was more just football related and he wasn't going through anything or whatever. But I, I just think, what I, all that aside, he is back and it is a great example of just putting your head down working your fucking ass off, like believing in yourself and just taking your opportunities. I, I think he played for two managers in Jose and Nuno who are not suited to what Harry Winks is capable of providing. We all know that, right? Like he is not the type of guy who needs to, 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 to sit back and soak up pressure, right? He needs to be involved in a team that's going to control a match. Um, he's very good at it. Yep. It's not a surprise to me that he's playing well again. He just kept his head down. He shut up. He didn't make any stupid comments. Like he just trained hard. Maybe like one weird comment in the press kind of popped up. I don't remember what it was. It's just in the back of my head. But all in all, just hats off to Harry Wings because he looked great again today. The it's it, they're of course going to stand out, but he just he keeps winning the ball high up the pitch in ways that are just so so passionate and full of effort and desire, man. And like I Conte is just eating it up. Right. It just cannot, I could, I could talk for an hour about Wink. So I'll stop. So let's pick, let me piggyback off of that and say to the point, and this is, I'm going to be the one to raise this here, Andrew. Good. Um, I I was, I I was hoping you would. So has it come? Cause we've all, we all can agree that Skippy has been, easily the best midfielder that we've had in this club this season and yes. just consistency and much to my surprise and, and enjoyment and delight. And I've been screaming it from the rooftop since the jump and I'm excited to see it continue. The issue is, is that my Vikings performance has fallen off significantly. Yes. And he was woeful, woeful against in the first leg against Chelsea. And um, I think it's time or maybe time that you sit him. For Winks. So this is an interesting conversation that um, that our boy Dakota brought up in our group chat. I, I think yesterday or it might have even been earlier today. I, I will be interested to see what happens because I'm always skeptical of the skip Hoybier midfield because I don't think that it's progressive enough. I don't think that there's a an offensive push forward from the midfield enough, especially when you play. Oh, Christ, when you play like an Emerson Doherty wingback situation and there's just not <laughs> enough going forward. I, 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 I hammered on this on, on Wednesday after the cup match, the first leg. Um, so 
it's not something that I would be opposed to trying or seeing. I'm just skeptical as to whether, and look, this is, this just goes back to my winks. I'm still very like, I'm all on board for what winks is doing and it's baffling me. And Antonio Conte deserves all the plaudits for turning him into, and not, he doesn't deserve all the plaudits. Harry winks deserves some of the plaudits too, for putting in the work, but whatever's going on with Harry winks and Antonio Conte is working. I will be interested to know that if it comes to that, if it comes to seeing a wink skip midfield, whether that will be as successful from jump and whether it will be as successful, you know, as, as a starting pairing or whether it's something that winks is better coming on after 50, 60, 70 minutes and, 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 and doing some of that stuff later in the game against tired legs. So I certainly appreciate where you're coming from on that. And I think that it really depends on who's playing on the left wing. So is it Reggie or is it Ryan Sessegnon? Because oh, I re- or is it for some fucking reason Matt Doherty? <laughs> no, the right. answer is no. But um, that's my but, point, right? That's my point. Right. We've seen that now for two two games on the on the bounce, which it doesn't make it right. Um, I, I hear you. <laughs> so I, I Reggie on by the way got a got got a rest today because he was tired. That's that's the news from from the dressing room. So Which is great because he's an energy player and sure. I he needs rest days in order for us to to get the most out of him. But I also think that Ryan Sessegnon being back is going to be like he against Liverpool was my man of the match. And I I, I don't think that that can be overstated. Um so I think that you can rely on Winks skip a little bit more and more comfortably when you have <laughs> Sessegnon to provide that init- or additional threat going forward. Dude, is it, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to stick on this point. Um, is there something to Conte getting a look at Sessegnon on the right-hand side today? So um, we, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Scott. I, I noticed that it happened right at halftime coming out of the half he flipped Matt Doherty and Ryan Sessegnon. Sessegnon played on the right. Doherty went over to the left. And what we saw in the first 10 or so minutes of the second half were both of them getting opportunities to get the ball out wide and then cut in and be able to hit a ball toward the goal on their dominant foot that would, that would you know, curl toward goal. Um, I thought that was well, interesting and, and actually kind of cool. I think what happened was I think Conte – and I'm speculating, like, I would love to watch it back. This is totally just me speculating based off of, like, my understanding of soccer, right, which isn't always great. But I, I think the I think he saw that the fullbacks were tracking our wingers pretty aggressively wide and leaving space for inverted inverted wingbacks to, 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 to drive. To cut inside. in, yeah. Um, I think he just saw gaps there. Um, smart move. I mean, it was – I will say too, Matt Doherty made one of the best runs I've seen like in a very long time in the sport in general today. So credit to him for that one thing he did today. Well, yeah, but. I mean, for what it's worth, I don't think Doherty had the the stinker that everyone. Yeah, he, he actually, to have. I, I make he, it was okay. he was okay. He was okay. He was Matt day. Doherty, right? Yeah, he had a decent game today against Morecambe. So whatever, maybe well, that's I, I mean, about right. Maybe that's, that's his level. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. It, it's, right. Yeah. And this is kind of where we are. So. Mm-hmm. But now, now let's 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 transition here, guys, because we we've danced around it for over well, about a half an hour at this point in game, at this point in time. Tongi and Domble. Yep. Andrew, set this scene for us because I don't I don't know that I have the words to lead off here that don't involve fuck. Well, dude, I don't I don't want you to rely on me to 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 have the words either because <laughs> this was not good. And look, I have been a a Tongi and Dombele defender for most of my um Spurs watching you know this player <laughs> career whatever you want to put it again I don't expect me to have the words I'm fumbling over them right now I this guy I, I'm always very skeptical to comment on a player's work ethic or effort or use use words like lazy or use words like doesn't care um, I'm, I'm always very, very skeptical, but getting subbed off and, and walking off the pitch, um, like he did and, and having to be yelled at by Harry Kane to get off the pitch so we can move a little bit, you know, down one nil to, 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 to Morecambe in the third round of the FA cup at home. Those kinds of things are not a good look. They are a, they are, a, in fact, they are a very bad look. And 
I, I don't know, man. Like, it seems like I, I'm not going to say that Tonki and Dombele played his last match in Lily White today, even though I think that's what the majority of Spurs fans would like to believe. But I, I will say I would not be shocked if they are able to find a suitor for him to go out this month. We are getting a report from Fabrizio Romano just just within the last you know, 20 hours, minutes. 20 yeah. minutes or so of us recording that Tottenham are indeed looking for a solution to, to either sell or loan him. Um, there are rumors about him going to Roma, which is, you know, fucking hilarious to be perfectly honest, knowing what, what Roma has going on right now. Um, but, uh, I don't know, man, like <laughs> Conte did not give anything up in his post-match presser. Conte was very kind of diplomatic about speaking about Ndombele and, you know, kind of spoke about the idea that he's gone through stuff as a player like Ndombele is going through right now. And I don't know, man. It just wasn't good. Scott, Tangi Ndombele, like, Dude. do your rant. Go off on the guy. I mean, I don't I don't even know if I have the energy to say much more other than just get the fuck out of the club. Like, I have zero interest in him being here. He clearly... Eh. I'm very hesitant to say these types of things because like I said, these guys are human beings and you like never know. Right. But he just, he seems to have just like the worst attitude of anyone I've seen in a very long time, man. Like the, and again, I'm so hesitant to say that. And if there's something that I don't know, I'm very sorry that I even like say those things, but his attitude is just so shitty, man. And I, it's all from the TV. I have to say that, right? So, again, who knows? Right. But I look at what happened today, right? We know Ken and Tanganga were very upset with him. I just shared a photo with you guys in the chat that you've already seen anyways, but I just, like, reshared it, right? Every When Tongi's walking off, every single staff member, and it's like I'm counting right now, like, 12 people, players and staff, everyone looks just disgusted, angered, very, very upset with Tongi as he's walking off the pitch. And Eric Dyer looks like you're dead. Is The look he's giving top Tongi is you're fucking dead after this match. Like, I'm coming straight to the locker room. Um, and as we've seen in recent reports, Dyer's that type of guy, right? So I think I think Dyer's the type of guy who goes to Conte and says, I never want that on my pitch again, you know? And I think Conte loves that and respects him for it. Um, and this is story time, but... But I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, man, because I just I can't imagine there's a single player on this team who's interested in Tongi being on the field with, with them again. Um, I I at times and I'm sorry, I'm going off, Todd. I'm going to pass it over. But I'm at times today, I literally watched him walk, refuse to take space that he clearly should have taken. Um, he does this little thing where he like kind of pitter patters his feet. So it like so he's like moving but just kind of like not still going to where he's supposed to be going and um I it, it looks to me today his performance looked to me like somebody who was actively trying to be sold as quickly as possible um and I, maybe I'll just leave it at that but I have no interest in Tongi and Dumbele being a part of this club going forward in any way shape or form so you know, we're, we're, you made the point that we're watching from TV and it's hard for us to know. And, and, you know, we're not inside the locker room and this, that, and the other thing. And that's fair. Uh, but one of the things that I do professionally is, is um, read people's body language, right? And his body language says, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. And it said it for 69 minutes on the pitch today. And to be fair, it, it, it says it almost every time that you see him play. It, it's very much everything is about Tongi. And like initially, if you remember, you know, he had a hard time betting in here and he really struggled to find his footing and the club went out of its way to do things to try to help the player be comfortable. Right. But all of that and, and all of that goodwill is predicated on the fact that when it's time to buy in and be professional, you buy in and be professional. Right. And, and unfortunately what we've missed from Tongi this entire time is not the quality is not the, not the ability to pick a pass is not the ability to find beautiful through balls for important goals for this club. It's the ability to buy in and do the other things that are required of you to be a professional footballer, yep. right? What I always tell my children and what I tell my employees is there's no substitute for the work. That's a fact. And like when you put in the work, Harry Winks, 
it shows up on the pitch. And when you don't, Tongi and Dombele, you get Eric Dyer looking like he's going to find you in a dark alley. I, I really like the, like the point you made about you know, the club made made efforts to to help him. We 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 heard a lot about this when when in in Tangi's first six to eight months with the club that, you know, him making this transition from France and not not speaking the language and you know being a young guy trying to get used to an, a a new big city. All of those were, I think, fair points and and good points. And we heard a lot about just kind of what that effort was going to be or need to be from him, um, in order to live up to his potential. And you even go back to like the Amazon documentary where we saw that scene with, with him and Serge Aurier and Musa Sissoko and all of the, the French speaking players kind of, kind of chumming it up and kind of, you know, that was kind of his period to, to bet in and to, you know, get himself ingrained in the atmosphere of Tottenham Hotspur football club. Those players have since moved on he remains and it seems like that betting in didn't really quite take it seems like those roots were not those roots didn't really get into the ground and that's really unfortunate um but i'm even seeing you know some of the most ardent defenders of tongi and Dabale, and i include myself in that um and you know people like like alistair gold who who has been a member of the you know the tongi and Dabale fan club maybe the president of it um I think everybody's starting to see that the worm has maybe turned here and that this thing might have run its course and whether that comes to fruition in this month where the window is open and, and, and something can be worked out or whether we kind of buy into Antonio Conte's dance moves around this topic in, in every time he speaks about him and whether or not he has to play out the string for another few months and maybe wait until summer to get a move that remains to be seen. But I think, the writings on the wall that one of those two things are probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, gotta... it, it feels, it feels like, it feels like this is the end. Well, the thing is, is we've talked about it. And I'm sorry, Scott, I'll, I'll pass to you here just a moment. We've talked about at length, um, the power of Antonio Conte to sure. instill, um, a culture of winning at football clubs. And I think that one of the things that you have to do when you're looking to change a culture, and clearly, as uh, he pointed out, did Conte, uh, Tottenham have dipped significantly in level over the past few years. Uh, And so when you have to change the culture, you have to get rid of certain members of the organization that are perpetuating a culture of non-winning. And to your point, Todd, I think getting players like Serge Aria and Musa Sissoko out we're Great part start. of that. Great this, start. Uh, that's part of that process. But unfortunately, there are still players like Deli Ali and Tange and Dombele that need to move on. That yep. um, I will never, ever, ever forget Deli Ali and, and some of the contributions that he's made to this club. Like I have his number on my back, and and that won't change. He's a legend to me. But it's he's stale here. And like, if you look at like his heat map for this game, he basically stood around the entire time. It almost makes you appreciate that that a player like Christian Eriksen Don't saw start. that it was getting stale and said himself, "This is getting stale." I will start because I think it's a really, I think it's, I think they are, I think credit to Christian Eriksen for seeing the writing on the wall. Well, credit to Potch who said the exact same thing. Yes, a hundred percent. Right? Kyle and, Walker and God, who else? Right? Like, well, I mean, Kyle right, Walker. All of those. Well, no, Kyle no, Walker's Kyle, a little bit of a different story because he was getting a big money move to a big, you know. No, no, but yeah. he dipped out. If you remember, he dipped out at the end. Of, like we were in the middle of an FA Cup run, and he was like, yeah. "Nah, I'm good. I, I just want you to know, I'm at the end of this season, I'm out. That's fair. And, like I made my choice. And, and yeah. so you know what? He recognized that this wasn't, this isn't what it needed to be. And I think yeah. that we've, I think that we've. At that point in time, also, they were still getting fed this horse shit about the stadium. Like, we're still on, on shoestrings because the stadium, the stadium, the stadium. Hmm. Which understood, because we were. And Daniel Levy was pulling off a, a, a fucking financial masterclass in, in, in developing one of the greatest stadiums in the world. And, like, I appreciate the shit out of that. And we were still had Champions League football while he was doing it. And But here you are now four or five years down the line, and where's the result? 
right? Well, the result was we made it to three cup finals, two domestic, one European, and we lost all three. There's still enough Dude. old furniture in the new house, is what you're saying. Facts. If you Facts. look at if you look at how terrible our our recruiting department is, and that that's you know case in point, Tongi and Billy. But if you look at how terrible our recruiting department is, imagine what happens if this club doesn't stumble across Harry Kane, doesn't stumble across Christian Eriksen, and doesn't stumble across Deli Ali, right? And you can maybe even throw a son at $17 million into that conversation. But like- well, hold on one second. All of those moves were made by the prior director of football, and then Daniel fired him, or they cut ties because Daniel w- didn't want to spend what he wanted to spend. Mm-hmm. That guy's gone on to continue to have success in European football, and we went an entire 18 months without spending a fucking dime. So exactly. let's talk about what the importance of um, – uh, of Paratici's uh, role is now going forward in conjunction with having the type of powerhouse world uh, renowned manager like Antonio Conte, like what that actually does. Yeah. No, great shot. Um, and I think things are getting better, right? Like, like Tongi, Tongi is kind of one of the final pieces you guys are discussing. Right. And then we can get into the Paratici era. I don't even say the Conte era, the Paratici era legitimately, right. Is where we're at right now, I think. But, but the last thing I'll say on Tongi is this, I, again, I don't want him nor do I expect him to get minutes again for this club. I really hope he's moved on. I, and I say that not out of spite, not out of like hatred or anger, but when you are in the center of the park, and your teammates are looking at you like they're looking at him in this photo I'm looking at, you 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 just can't function. Like you can't have a guy that so much needs to go through that nobody's going to want to play with ever again because these guys are going to battle, man. Like, yeah. And, and if look- I have somebody, even in my men's league, if I have somebody who's walking around, I fucking get in their face and I'm like, get the fuck off the field or start running now, you know? Like it just – there's no way that there, anyone who's a – who is a legitimate top four football player is going to accept Tongi on Nambele ever again, right? And if so you look at the, to move on. Doesn't the, matter. The look of disgust on Son's face is what it says Dude, to me. Son looks uh, so obsessed, like disappointed. Right. Yeah. Well, just like looking at him, like I couldn't, I can't believe that you would actually act that way. This guy bleeds for the badge. We love exactly, Son. man. And this is why is because he knows the importance uh, of jogging off the pitch when you're down one nil in, in a cup tie that you legitimately should win at home. Yep. What the fuck? Ah. Let, let's, let's, let's move this conversation to that man, human son, and not, unfortunately not about his impeccable style on the sideline today, uh, with the, the, the black turtleneck and the leather jacket and just looking like an absolute G. Um, unfortunately, Youngman's son picked up an injury in Wednesday's first leg of the Carabao cup semifinal against Chelsea. And he is going to be down for, what looks like at least the rest of the month of January, maybe even another six weeks or so, um, kind of mixed reporting out there on that. Um, this is a big blow for Spurs. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about the fact that Hyungman's son had not really been playing that well, and I don't know. I think there's a debate to be had and, and probably a longer debate that we're not going to have time for today over whether or not he hasn't been playing well or he's been adjusting to a system that maybe doesn't favor his talents all, all that much. Um, whether or not, whichever one is the case, Missing Hyungman's son from this squad is not a good thing, and it and it stretches Spurs even deeper. Um, there's conversation to be had over whether Lucas can pick up the pace, a player like Steven Bergvine or Brian Heal can pick up the pace, a player like Harry Kane can pick up the goal scoring, which we saw him bang one today, um, a very nice goal by the way, uh, granted in a cup match against a lesser opponent. There's all it also brings up because we're in the month of January the need for more depth in this squad and listen for those who didn't hear it we had a very fun and funny and intense debate about the merits of Adama Traore on our last podcast it seems like that is picking up more and more steam and may actually be a real thing coming here in the next I don't know handful of days or weeks uh, maybe by the end of the month that something like a Traore deal get actually does get done and look if it happens it happens we're all gonna kind of have our own opinions on it and we're going to deal with it how it goes, but at this point, if you're out, if you're if you're out, Hyungmin's son for six weeks, or or God forbid, maybe it stretches into eight weeks. I'm to the point where you got to throw some shit on the wall and hope it sticks. And I'm not calling Adamatrari shit. Don't don't get me wrong, but you got to start coming up with some solutions. Um, Todd, Hyungmin's son, 
kind of where do we go from here? Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And I mean, realistically, is it is a hamstring, uh, you know, Conte came out and was like, oh, it'll just be two weeks. And I mean, if it's a hamstring, if you've had a hamstring, it's never two weeks. And it's it's certainly not two weeks to full strength and the ability to trust it fully again if you're the player, especially on a sloppy pitch in the middle of February. Right. So <clears throat> like that's something to consider. Um, the other thing is, is that we've had one legitimate striker on this fucking squad for like five years. I right. mean, God, God love Vinny, and he, I miss him. I said that on Twitter the other day. Like, I legitimately wish, miss Carlos Vinicius for matches like this. I was going to say, I do you mean Vinny Vincent Jansen? Or <laughs> well, no, you you mean uh, you mean you mean uh, uh, Liga MX champion Vincent Jansen? Yeah. No, I mean uh, I mean Carlos Vinicius <laughs> because that man scores everywhere he goes, uh, and uh, in goals in, in in games like this, that guy bags a hat trick, and we we don't have that right now um so I, I really think that legitimately we do need depth I, I know like we can start throwing names out there but Vlahovic is is the one that everybody's been looking at and, and everybody wants and we've talked about ways to make it happen and it doesn't seem to be happening and I mean everybody's getting anxious we, we are you know nine days or whatever into this window Andrew but like I don't know why by the way that to me is insane the fact well, that's that just are, bird app. I know it's bird app shit, but you know it's bird shit, really. It's bird it shit. It's bird uh, shit. I, I the the fans who want to lose their mind on January eighth or January 9th that that you know that Daniel Levy's flying off to the Bahamas. Look, there are more reasons to be upset that Daniel Levy's flying off to the Bahamas uh, in the world that we live in right now, rather than doing a fucking Zoom meeting or something. But the the idea that this team hasn't you know invested one hundred and fifty million pounds by January 9th chill out people like chill yeah. the fuck out i'm sorry don't you know steve hitchin probably isn't the only one that hates the january window i'm just saying that like maybe he's just the one that said something about it yeah. um no but <laughs> realistically the moves that we need to make and the moves that we want to make as a fan base like there are two entirely different things mm-hmm. and, like we recognize that and the moves that we can make to be fair because everybody wants to solve the problems that we want to solve in january because we want to win right now um but that may not necessarily be fiscally possible and if that's the case and we don't have the ability to move mountains contractually in january then we as a fan base need to be a little bit more patient but at the same point in time we do want to see movement and i think that that the club has to expect that moves are need to be made and they're expected to be made i have to tell you that the whole like daniel levy flies to the bahamas to meet on joe lewis's yacht like made me want to throw up. I was like, yes. this is a fucking Bond villain. Are you curious? What are we saying? Like, it's a January transfer window. This is a business. You meet with the boss. You have a conversation about budget. You figure out targets and you make it fucking work. Like, I don't know, dude. It's The, the other thing is, is that we're getting this through the scope of, of the majority of the football media, which is is just dramatized to, to the point of, of making me nauseous like I, it, that's the one thing about being an american like looking at the way that the the sport of international and specifically premier league football and european football is covered it's it's draconian uh, to say i'm not least. gonna look look todd i i hear what you're saying i'm not gonna be the american that harps on media being better anywhere trust me. it's certainly it, better is not the point that i'm trying to make but admittedly <laughs> trash just, just National Enquirer trash is the is the football reporting equivalent around transfer windows, in my opinion. Um, Scott Youngman's son, obviously a blow, but like, is there? Does this just mean that that Spurs need to drop a you know a bag somewhere and run off with with a backup, or is this just going to be one of those things they have to battle through? I mean, oh, God. I'll start by saying I will answer your question, but just another example of why the transfer window is so fucking irritating, man. Um, I'm glad everybody's coming to my side on this, by the way. Like, everybody, well, you know, when I we mean, first, when, when the three of us, for example, started podcasting together, y'all were like, transfer window, woohoo. And I was like, nah, transfer window. Well, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think that's what I'm saying. I, I enjoy speculating, man. I'm just saying. What, uh, let me clarify. When I say fucking transfer window, it's because of Twitter. Because <laughs> at 12.01 a.m. on the 1st. Breaking news. Twitter, not great. No, like every every YouTuber at 12.01 a.m. on the 1st <coughs> tweeted, for fuck's sake, Levy, back Conte, or this is all over, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> they, 
they wanted the oh i've i've already muted i've already muted the the phrase back conte or back well, the dude, manager like <laughs> honestly people wanted our entire squad to replace within 10 minutes of the window it's just really weird and it's silly and like i just don't understand how people just tweet they wake up and just start tweeting the same thing over and over the whole day like panic with like in response to nothing it's like just generated out of thin air over and over so anyways it just drives me nuts right whatever now go sign Adama and let's fucking get this window closed. Uh, <laughs> no, but here, okay, all, all jokes aside, I I don't – first of all, I will say Pete, stop saying Sun's playing poorly. It's fucking weird and it just says it just says that you don't really know the sport. Like, And I'm not talking to either of you. <laughs> you guys both know ball. but and, and I'm not talking to anyone directly. Love you all. I'm happy to have a conversation about this, right? But, but – you know, for, for, for the sake of, of the pot, I will say stop saying Sun is playing poorly. Sun put in the best cross I've ever seen to secure three points late in a Premier League match recently. It was Sun, spicy. It's the best ball I've seen all season from a set piece. Like, and, and a good team needs somebody to play that good of a cross in the 96th minute to win a game sometime. Like, Sun's a badass. And when Sun's not scoring goals – Sun is demanding so much attention and pulling, like instilling so much fear in, 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 you know, the back six of any team he's playing that he's allowing us to, to, to see other guys like Lucas really start to come to form, right? Like Lucas doesn't play as well as he does without Sun. Um, so well, we'll just, see. <laughs> yeah, right. We will see. But, but no, Sun is playing, Sun is playing just fine. And as Sun always does, Sun will pop up against the big six with a couple goals and against anyone else, he'll be super involved in ways that don't always equate to putting goals in the net. But um, he's, a, he's a big game player. That's um, true. Now that I'm, I'll stop right now under the window, we do need to, we do need to invest. I feel strongly that we need to invest in a center back, a right wing back, some sort of attacking presence in the middle of the field and a striker. So we need to get four guys in, in my opinion, a second center back would be great. But like I, like I said this morning, I think it's asking for a lot knowing we have many other needs elsewhere. Now center back number one is number one priority, but center back number two is number five priority for me. So anyways, I'll be interested to see what we do. We do need to start making moves fairly soon. It's the ninth, right? Um, I don't necessarily think that things need to happen even before like the 20th, but I also don't want them to happen on the 30th. Right. I think we need, we need to start seeing things trickle in Todd. Right. But, but ultimately we have to refresh the squad now in as it to whatever degree we're able to in the January window, we have to refresh somewhere. Like we need it feels like something we've been saying for four years. Well, but, it is, and but, and the reason why is because we have to fucking refresh somewhere. We have to. Like, yeah. it, and, we need, and I think we need, that, Well, r- real quick, but, we, but did, we need point, four but, pieces. If we can even get two of them, like, yeah. I'll be okay. But, like, we got to do something in this window, Todd, right? To, no, to, your, point, to your point, though, Scott, to your point, the, the thing that Spurs fans are bitching for now is the same thing that they did when they brought in players like Tongi Ndombele, Giovanni Lo Celso, Steven Berg, like, et cetera, et cetera. Like, Why are we hire same... Baratici? And look, we were exactly. sick and tired of that shit. Look, yeah, whether because or not we're unnecessary. Out, yeah. Andrew? Right. Whether or not those players have panned out is a different conversation. But Spurs fans want to back the manager? Well, those moves were made in the spirit of backing the manager. No, they cool. weren't. They were made in the spirit of we could get a good deal on this player and it kind of sort of meets the need. And that's what the, they played like, with the exception of Tongay, who we went out and got and said, hey, this is this is the piece that we're going for. This is a guy we can get at and, a good and price. To- and the, but to my, my point here is, again, he's not working out. Why? Because there's a personality miss. And that's probably why we were able to get him for the price that we got him for. And so well, what I'm saying is yet again, we're not backing the manager in the way that the manager wants to be backed. We're backing, we have previously backed the manager in the way that Levy wanted to back him. And what I would say is that with Paratici in the fold and with Conte being Conte and their relationship, we're going to get closer to backing the manager in the way that the manager wants to be backed than we ever have. All right. I, to that point, I think the only time in recent memory we really like bought a toy for the manager 
and that sounds horrible because these are people, but like you guys understand my my youth. We get what you're saying. We get what you're saying. The last time that happened was Tongi for Potch. Now, Potch, I'll just say it, has a horrible track record of of who he wants to bring in, right? Like he he seems to be and I don't fault him for this. I think this is actually fucking. Yeah, awesome. I mean, look, the guy just signed Lionel Messi. What a what a, what a yeah. Dude. And Sergio Ramos, like, what a clown. Yeah, like you guys think that just that was. Hey, there's this guy named Messi who I'd like to sign. That was all Pochettino. I don't know what you're talking 100% about. Hundred percent plus. I mean, they're Argentinian. What are you saying? Whatever. Stop. This is terrible. <laughs> all right. Poch Poch overthinks his signings, in my opinion. Right. I think yep. he. He, he intertwines personality maybe a little bit more than he should. I don't know. I th- And I don't mean like your attitude. I mean like the way that you'll fit in cohesively with like the family, right? I think is a big thing for him. Like we all know he passed on two Lamans. I think that's, that's beyond speculation at this point. But anyways, whatever. The last really piece we bought like that was Tongi. My point is I think – I think Levy is just really scared to do those types of things because it's never worked out for us as a club. That's why we signed Paratici. Like he finally, from a business perspective, like looked at the 60 million we spent on Tongi and said, I can pay Paratici like 20 million of that. And he can find me like two more guys with that extra 40 million that we didn't spend on Tongi and on belly. Right. And that's where we're finally at as a club. And so it's going to take time, but everyone needs to chill the fuck out because you can't, you this is uh, this is such a stupid thing to say because every podcast says it over and over and over. But this is not FIFA. This is not Football Manager. Like you can't just go and sell everyone and buy everyone right. and fix the squad. Like just stop. Practice is in place. Get one or two of these pieces. It sounds like a wing back is close. We've got to get a center back in. Even if we get a center back and a wing back in, Adam is not a wing back. Oh God, good God, man. Just whatever. Okay, like. We're, he's not, but he's going to play there. No, but you got me excited as I'm listening to you. I was like, oh, who's the wing back? Oh, fucking guy's talking about a dumb. You know what, man? Find, figure out if Conte's on Twitter and talk to him about <laughs> about this dude not being a wing back. I'm not, I'm not sure. Conte might have a better idea than I do. But, but, but all jokes aside, man, I think we're going to get a couple of these pieces in. I don't think we'd get all four signings that I think we need this window. I think we'd get two, maybe three of them, but... If we go, if we can go out and get two key pieces of of, of depth in this window, like, cool, that's good. Um, yeah, we need it, it. Would be, it would be. But but you know, the other thing too is if we do sign Adama, he is cup tied, so he will not be able to play uh, in the FA Cup fourth round uh, for Spurs. Which, by the way, we didn't mention that draw is done. Uh, it is Brighton at home for Spurs coming up in early February. I believe that those matches will be played the weekend of the fourth. Uh, so the first weekend, first full weekend in February. Um, I, look, draw. It's, it's one of those could have been better, could have been worse types of draws. Um, there are a couple of uh, fifth and sixth tier teams that I'm sure Spurs would have loved to have drawn, uh, you know, but that didn't happen. So <laughs> it's going to be Brighton and uh, kind of an is what it is situation for, for lack of a better term. Um, guys, we've got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just my my quick fire reaction to the Brighton draws. We will. I'm I'm not looking forward to that game at all. We will definitely win that game, but I will have to hear so much fucking bullshit about XG for like five days leading up to that match, and then the whole match I'll have to hear you and Dakota going on and on about how Brighton's XG is better than ours, and like we'll still win six to one, but we'll lose the XG battle, and I'll have to hear about that shit to, for a couple of days. So hasn't no, hasn't there not looking ex- forward to that one? Hasn't their XG favor kind of gone the other way of late? I I, I haven't really followed it closely enough, but I, I don't know. I love you both. I'm just being a pain in the ass. Well, what what else would you be if not a pain in the ass? I believe that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we love you. Um, there is another cup to still talk about. And look, we, we did a pod on Wednesday, as I mentioned. It, it involves talking about the monstrosity that was the, the Chelsea 2 uh, Tottenham nil first leg. And then we talked about Adama for a while, which... I feel like we've done enough on this podcast as well until that, you know, signing does or does not happen. We'll probably continue on podcasts going forward, but a few things we wanted to bring up first of all, um, and this is not related to the match at all, but um, the Tottenham Depot are really proud uh, of something that, that, that we're a part of that, that was announced earlier this week. We are inaugural members of the proud Lily whites, uh, proud champions network. And you can find proud Lily whites at Spurs LGBT 
because uh, we are a podcast that stand for for being allies and promoting inclusion, um, understanding those kinds of things. And you know, it's it's kind of awkward timing wise because of what came out of the match on Wednesday and some of the chanting from the Spurs supporters at Stanford Bridge. Um, the club made a statement on it. Um, you know, we we retweeted that statement because we we feel the same way. It's it's stuff that is unacceptable. Um, and it is really uncomfortable to talk about, but it's something that needs to be discussed. And those kinds of, um, and if you don't know what we're discussing, go look it up. I, I'm not going to sit here and repeat some of the things that, that, that were discussed, but, um, we just want to, you know, be on the right side of history here and be on the, you know, on the good side of history is, and, and, and know that, um, some of the things that are being said by those who purport themselves to be Spurs fans are wrong and we stand against them. Um, and going forward, again, in, in, whether it's in a game against Chelsea this week or a game against any other club going forward, um, we as Spurs fans don't want to hear that. And we don't want to hear any of it going forward. So um, with that said, talking about the football side of it, we go into this week down 2-0 in a, in a two-leg tie. Um, Todd, what kind of chance do you give Spurs minus Youngmin's son and Maybe, maybe even still minus Eric Dyer. We, we've heard rumblings that his absence was maybe not fully COVID related, but maybe he's picked up a little bit of an injury as well. What kind of chance do you give this team going into this tie, which I think they will throw everything at? I think they will too. Um, I think there's two two points to make here. One, it depends on what type of team Chelsea feel, um, and two, it depends on what type of attack we decide that we want to have in this match. Because if we come out and just throw Harry up top, he's going to get mauled all day long. And I think we're going to have another situation where Emerson's crosses go wanting to no one in the box. And so I expect us to do something different than we did because we have to. So it's, uh, you know, uh, innovation out of necessity, something along those lines. Um, And in so doing, actually give us being at home um a chance to uh to pick up a couple of goals now will it be enough i don't know because i don't think that we're going to get a clean sheet against chelsea to be fair uh, i think i think there's too many holes defensively especially if dyer's still a question mark um and if that's the case i don't know that i expect us to make it out of this tie andrew but uh i think that we're going to be close i think it's going to be close yeah i think it'll at least at the very least be fun to watch um i do think that there's something to be said for what we all kind of barked about last week and the formation as to whether, and you, you kind of alluded to it, whether or not, whether or not they just stick Harry up there and uh, up top and, and expect him to, to, to do everything or whether or not they try to hit Chelsea on the counter. And it'll be interesting, like you said, to see how Chelsea play it, knowing that they have a two goal cushion, whether or not they are a team that even try to come after Spurs or whether, whether it's going to be a situation where Spurs have to, you know, take the ball and have the onus to go score a few goals and aren't even able to hit Chelsea on the counter because, you know, when you have the ball, you can't counterattack without it. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not something like that happens. Chelsea are in in an interesting spot too, um, because it's not like they can, you know, I mean, they'll, they will probably have to be a little bit of rotation on their end, but they, I believe have city at the weekend. Um, so it'll be an interesting spot for them. Yeah, they have City on Saturday. So an interesting position for them to be in um, as to whether or not they can fully, you know, throw everything at us um, and and really put the stamp on this game. But Scott, what do you what are you what's your outlook going into this one on Wednesday? Um, dude, it's tough. I mean, I want to say I want to say we can claw our way back into this, right? But being being down two 0 to Chelsea means that you have to take pretty significant risks from the first minute. Right. And that's just risky. Um, you know, I don't know how else to say that. Um, I think some things that will benefit us, um, Reguillon not playing today was, was very strategic from Conte. Like Reguillon is going to be so important against Chelsea. He, he will need to open up that space that Doherty just did not open up at all in the first leg. Um, 
Emerson will need a big match. I think you will see Emerson the more the more reserved of these two wingbacks, right? But if we do somehow get our find our way back into this, those two will have to play really, really, really big, sound matches. Um, I also think that Winks needs to be involved in this match in some way, shape, or form. It's tough because he played a lot today, right? But I'd be curious to see what happens there. Um, and we need Eric Dyer. If there's any way we can get back into this, Eric Dyer's got to play. So what I'm saying is a lot of things have to go right for this for this to happen. Um, Chelsea is the European champions, and we're down 2-0 going into the, the second leg. So, I mean, I'm not – I'm not even this isn't this is not a reflection on our team, on the manager, on any, any ability from what we're going to field. You're just down two nil to the European champions. And it's that's a that's a very tough position to be in. Right. So there's a lot to do, but we've got a manager who I think can, can, can do some cool things. And we've got some players who can step up in big matches. And we've got a specific Brazilian who loves a loves a good hat trick. And when the cards are against us. Right. So. If only uh, this match were in Amsterdam. Yeah, but but I'll do this again. I'm gonna go into this match really excited to just watch us hopefully play some really brave football and just see what happens, right? Because there's nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Kind of go out there and let your let your freak flag fly, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just go go after it and really try to attack and um, it'll be interesting to see how that, how, or if that pays off the other interesting element to this match is when you look ahead and how the manager will be able to look ahead, because of course next weekend is, is the North London Derby and that team will, uh have to play. Shoes is going to roast you. Shoes you know, roast me. Anyway, they have to play. They're playing today in the FA cup. They have to in, play. in Lily White, by the way. Yeah, which is you know. You need to see these jerseys. I haven't seen them yet. Good, good, good. They're good, they're in a good cause. Like, it looks like Spurs in Europe. Like they're white, yeah. white, white on white. white. A good yeah. a good cause. They they then have to play their uh, League Cup semi against Liverpool was postponed the first leg, and they will now play that first leg this coming Thursday, a day after Spurs play Chelsea. And then the second leg of it is a week later. So they are sandwiching two legs against Liverpool with a North London derby against us. So so wait a second. They're playing Thursday and then playing us on Sunday? Correct. And then playing again Thursday in the second leg against Liverpool. Yes. So that is an interesting element of all of this. Um, you know, tied with the element of Chelsea looking ahead to Man City on Saturday in the league. So a lot of moving parts and a lot of different things going on between, you know, really between four big time clubs that are all playing one another within the next uh, week, week and a half. So I'm, I'm interested to see how all of that plays out from a rotation standpoint, especially coming out of um, a holiday period where things were very busy for everyone and, and injuries are being picked up and transfer rumors are flying and just a lot going on, a lot to discuss in that, in that sense. Um, Can I just say really quick, this is like, mm, it, first of all, most importantly, it's, it is for a really great cause as I read about this, right? Yes. Those white jerseys are fucking, ooh, those look good, man. I hate saying it. <laughs> well, they're not red. That's why. You know, when, 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 man, you, are, you know, when doing teams, something. When teams wear white, they tend to look sharp. That's what, that's yeah, what I've learned about football. <laughs> fair, fair. But yeah, that's, that's a, that's a clean looking kit right there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's something, isn't it? <laughs> um, listen, folks, uh, this has been a fun one. Like I said, um, we're, we're going to be hoping for the best come uh, come Wednesday, um, but also expecting, you know, potentially the worst. So we'll, we'll figure all of that out when the time comes. Um, just want to let folks know, too, uh, we've had a lot of people reach out about this. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can obviously follow us on social media at Tottenham Depot uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Drop us a comment. Uh, a message uh, in those places. You can email us, uh, tottenhamdepot at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us a voice message on our pay on our podcast page on Anchor. You can go to anchor.fm slash tottenhamdepot and send a voice message to the show that we could potentially play uh, and react to on the podcast if you want. Um, so let us know. You can also now leave reviews 
if you if you are a listener on Spotify, which is a big deal, you, you've always been able to do that on other podcast platforms like Apple, but you can now do it on Spotify. So if you listen to us there, be sure to drop us a review, uh, five stars only because you know you love us and and we've been we've been good boys for you all, and um, you know we deserve we deserve it as a as a post holiday gift. So. Uh, drop us a five-star review on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to do that as well. Uh, this has been a fun one, gents. For Todd, he is at TC underscore Kashow. For Scott, he is at DSM Spurs. You can follow me at A Stedka. And, of course, again, follow the podcast at Tottenham Depot. This has been a fun one. We will talk to you again later on this week. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>